What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts on the side. Joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, the coaching series is over. So we did our last five episodes talking about the new head coaches that have been hired, giving them a fantasy spin, diving into how their scheme is going to sort of, you know, help certain players and just how that will help your fantasy strategies as we get closer to that. Uh, but yeah, now we're going in a different direction. So if you're listening to us um, now, we're got maybe, I don't know, a couple weeks until training camp hits. We're, we're Tad. It's like roughly depending on the day we release roughly two and a half weeks to three weeks out from training camp uh, getting going. Yeah, training camp's usually happening at the end of July, beginning of August, and obviously it transitions into those preseason games. So we thought we'd get a jump start here on giving you a little bit of a training camp preview. We wanted to look at some very interesting position battles as we head into 2023 and of course give it a little bit of a fantasy spin as well to see like whether these are, you know, position battles that'll be interesting to sort of, you know, keep an eye on as far as like this can benefit your fantasy roster or is it just going to be too much competition and it's not going to lead to anything that will benefit your fantasy roster sort of thing. So we each picked one interesting position battle here and we got a bonus one that hopefully if we have enough time, we'll get into that one as well. That's a very um, big gamble with us. Exactly. I don't, that will hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, that, that's what I said. It's like, if we have the time then we'll get into it, but if not, then, you, you know, you can find the odds of, will the decide guys get to that third topic on bet online. <laughs> uh, but Tad, favorite at minus 700 is no. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but Tad, I'm going to pass to you here first. I want you to get into just looking across the landscape of the league, the NFL here, just, you know, look at all 32 teams, just what was a position battle that sort of struck out to you that could be very interesting to watch as we get to training camp, you know, in a couple weeks here and obviously the preseason games that could also potentially, you know, affect your draft strategy, the way that it eventually plays out as far as the players that are involved. So which battle did you decide to focus on? I struggle with this one because I, I picked this, position battle fairly early on uh during our planning for this episode and um <laughs> i just i kept questioning myself throughout of like and that's gonna be very demeaning but have people learned their lesson yet i definitely have but i'm not sure everybody else has and what i mean by that is the first round receiver hype is i feel like every year they're like not just one wide receiver but multiple wide receivers get all this you know hype and they're drafted as wide receiver twos why in some cases even wide receiver ones where they are expected to perform like they have been in the league for years in the rookie season which normally doesn't pan out so remember, let me and who man do i have some stats for you ready for this i'm gonna try to go through this quickly okay all right let's hear it all right here's my favorites we're kicking off with this so i went through the last two years of all the first round uh wide receiver picks okay okay uh, I want to say it was when we did the, uh, not the Falcons head coach, Stephen dive. I don't remember what it was, but we did an episode a couple weeks ago where I was like, Drake London underperformed. And you were like, well, he had over a thousand yards though. And I was like, no, cause he didn't Drake London, the highest drafted receiver in the 2022 NFL draft. What had 72 catches, not bad for 866 yards. Fine. And four touchdowns. Not great. Garrett Wilson, disproving my point. We're going to ignore him. Chris Olave. <laughs> 72 catches, also 72, 72. Weird coincidence there. For almost exactly 1,000 yards, but only four touchdowns. Jameson Williams has one career catch. 
that's it. Just one career catch. And because he apparently is loves the slots, that number yeah. is not going to change anytime soon. Yeah. Jahan Dotson. This one was actually a little surprising. So he only had 500 yards. That one wasn't surprising. He did have seven touchdowns, though. So you sacrifice the yards for touchdowns. Okay. Traylon Burks, 450 yards. One touchdown in his rookie yeah. year. Now, going back to 2021, Devonta Smith only had five touchdowns his rookie year. Kadarius Tony, remember how everybody was freaking out about him? Uh, being like Kadarius this fancy, Tony. like, you know, Swiss <laughs> Army tool? Yeah. He currently, as of now, this is not after his rookie season, as of right this moment, he has 16 career catches. Yeah, and he has two career touchdowns. I remember we talked mm-hmm. about Tony on a previous yep. episode, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Not buying the hype on that one. Nope. Rashad Bateman, his rookie year, 450 yards, two touchdowns. Jerry Judy, this was shocking. So I remember him being disappointing. I didn't remember him being this disappointing. Jerry yeah. Judy, 470 yards, zero touchdowns. Yeah. Not yeah. a single one. And let's not forget, and this pains and it truly does pain me, Jalen Rager, 100 yards, single touchdown. His rookie yeah. season. Now, I know that people are going to <laughs> yell at me, being like, you're leaving out Jamar Chase. You're leaving out Garrett Wilson. But those guys are the exception to the rules, and people need to stop falling for the trap that the exception is the rule. And what I mean by that is I just provided lists of, let's count off, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 receivers that were incredibly well-hyped going into the fantasy seasons where people were like, no, they're stepping a great you know, situations, they're going to do well. They're going to be big time fantasy receivers for me. And they weren't some of them like Devonta Smith is a perfect example of this had developed into that Drake London. I think will do that. Chris Olave as well. Jahan Dotson, maybe we'll see how that quarterback, you know, situation works out. But my entire point being is receivers are notorious for being the slowest to progress to the NFL from the college game. And I am worried about, Jordan Addison. Jordan okay. Addison okay. with the Minnesota Vikings. I Look, I was a huge fan of that pick at the time. I'm still a huge fan of that pick. But given some circumstances that I'm about to bring up, plus the fact that these big-time receivers tend to struggle to adapt to the NFL, I don't think he is as high of a fantasy prospect as some people think. So I was making this argument before, and I like looked into, well, maybe there are some positive reports coming out of OTAs. Maybe he's been really killing it. Maybe you just get your typical bullshit article of like, you know, Kirk Cousins loves Jordan Addison. Like, you know, that's a that's an article every year. Yeah. I'm just like so and so blows veteran away, and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, I, literally, as we were doing research for uh, our last episode, uh, one of the articles I found when I was researching Adam Thielen was Adam Thielen quote. Bryce Young is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Standard, you know, just Every year. play into the fans there that everything's great. You know, just no need to worry. Everything's kosher here in Nothing Carolina. Nothing to see here, people. Here. Yeah, Keep exactly. moving. Everything's <laughs> fine. Nothing to see here. But anyway, so despite my expectation of finding those articles, I didn't find a single one. And then I found out why. Is Jordan Addison suffered an undisclosed injury, which kept him out of OTAs mm, in May. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So according to head coach, Kevin O'Connell, am I doing that right? Yeah. McConnell O'Connell. No, it's something O'Connell. Irish. Not McConnell. It's definitely not, Whatever. you know, yeah, definitely Kevin O'Connell. McConnell. Oh, no. O'Connell. I keep on mixing him up with the actor from entourage and that's what's throwing me off. But anyway, is, um, 
it's not that serious serious of an injury, but he still missed that valuable practice time. And the article I read was like that the O'Connell, McConnell, McDonald, whoever the hell was hanging out with him on the sidelines. Oh, that was a great joke. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But he was literally hanging out with Addison on the sidelines. So Addison is falling behind with, you know, learning this system. And normally this wouldn't be an issue, but he also has a pretty solid number two threat in this offense that has a very similar play style to him and his name is KJ Osborne and KJ Osborne is familiar with this system. So if something like that happens to him, not as big of a deal. And this actually shocked me. KJ Osborne in the two years in his, uh, with the Minnesota Vikings has had 80 plus targets and 12 total touchdowns. So I'm not saying that Jordan Addison is a complete bust. I'm not saying that, you know, stay away from him completely, but I'm saying I think that people who are expecting him to be a shoe-in wide receiver too are going to be overshadowed by KG Osborne for at least the first half of this season. I understand your argument, but I think just the bigger thing for me, which we've all fallen for the trap. You're falling for the trap. We've also discussed this on this podcast before too. That's just You're that for the trap. Don't KJ Osborne has been care about good, you. but he hasn't been great. Don't and do it's just, it. I wonder if we're going to fall. You keep talking no. about falling into a trap. I wonder if we're going to fall into the same trap that we fell into with Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills, where we expected him to sort of step into this bigger role opposite Stephon Diggs, and he sort of never lived up to those expectations. So if you're thinking that the same thing is going to happen here, where KJ Osborne, he's going to be able to supplant Jordan Addison because he wasn't at minicamp or OTAs or what have you before the actual trading camp, it's like, yeah, okay, he does have a slight leg up, obviously being in the system for a year longer than Jordan Addison, and he's had familiarity playing with, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins and uh, Kevin O'Connell's system, right? But just like the talent that Addison brings is just so unmatched, and it's just it's not going to compare to what KJ Osborne is doing. So I understand a little bit of the worry, but I also just don't like the depth chart outside of KJ Osborne behind him. It's like. Sorry, buddy, but your buddy Jalen Rager is there. He has not been able to produce so far in the no, NFL. That's right. I mean, I just I there. just threw out the stats to prove that. So exactly, one Jalen gets another Jalen. Jalen Naylor. I've never even heard of this guy before, mm. so I don't have much promise for him. Uh, Brandon Powell, like I don't think he's going to be all that productive in this system either. Um, Tristan Jackson, Blake Prohl. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! You put some respect on Ricky Prohl's son's name. Okay, that. Okay, yeah, he's got the pedigree, but he hasn't lived up to that pedigree yet. So, I mean, it's just like, what else are you going to do there? To be honest, I was going for the joke there. I don't even think he has the pedigree. And if you're going to talk about a prol, I prefer Austin Prol over Blake Prol. So, I mean, is that that what I was doing? I think that's what I was doing. Maybe that's what I think that's what I was doing. I've never even heard of Blake Prol. Austin Prol, I've heard of, and I think I would have had a little bit more respect for him. I bet you you that's exactly what I was doing. I don't know. I don't know. So, because of the fact that. How many white proles are out there? I don't know how many sons he has, but Good I do Lord. know about Austin, obviously, and we obviously are talking about Blake Prohl here. But just the big thing, too, that I see here, Tad, is that even if K.J. Osborne gets that leg up on Jordan Addison to start the season, like you sort of laid out, I think Addison just has that talent that, you know, give him a little bit of time. He's going to fit into the system a little bit easier. And even if they run three wide receiver sets, because obviously we've talked about Dalvin Cook, he has moved on. Apparently Miami has offered him a contract. So obviously we'll wait and see what happens there. I think he's going to be a Patriot. He's going to be a Patriot. We'll we'll see about that, but we'll definitely break any breaking news if Dalvin Cook does eventually side. Same thing with DeAndre Hopkins, obviously there. But just now they're switching to Alexander Madison, and it's just – 
I know he has familiarity with the offense. He's going to be good, but just like you wonder if like as he's adjusting to being the lead back again, do they rely more on the passing game? Because obviously Kirk Cousins, he's he said multiple times that's like I want to put all contract talks aside and I just want to focus on the season and he's going to play on his final year. So it's like maybe he, like we've talked about before on this podcast, is that he's going to go out there and ball and maybe he wants to put out great, amazing numbers so he can cash in in free agency, right? So even if KJ Osborne has that leg up and he does get the starting done to start the season, Jordan is very much going to be involved too. So it's just like I like him to just overall – become a higher producer than KJ Osborne, even if KJ Osborne plays in a few more games to start the season compared to Jordan and get some more stats there. But okay. I, okay. I very okay. much like the argument that you laid out. Like, I mean, there's a lot of first round receivers that just haven't panned out so far. We'll obviously see what happens. Still got a little bit of time there, but just, like I said, I just, I see the talent with Addison. And like I said, maybe I'm falling into the trap, but it's like, I I'm think you're falling – exactly. <laughs> you are falling for the trap that I'm telling people not to fall for is I think this is the exact kind of uh, career path that Jordan Addison is going to follow is the same as Devonta Smith's where – let me pull up his stats again – where Devonta Smith had five touchdowns and about 1,000 yards his rookie year, which is fine. It wasn't great. It was fine. But for where a lot of people drafted him, he was a massive disappointment. So that's my entire point. Yeah. I'm not saying Jordan Addison's not going to do anything this year. not saying that you said I was going to do that, but – whatever is my entire point is I think it will take a while to get Jordan Addison to that point where he starts producing. Sure. And I think a lot of people are going to be drafting him. And again, with within the next few weeks, these ADP numbers are going to start coming out. It's going to be very interesting to watch because it will not shock me. If you see Addison as like a fourth to sixth round uh, receiver. And I think that's far too early for him. I think it will take him a while to adapt to McRonald's system. And I think that will, Really? <laughs> At first, I was like, who the hell are you talking about? Then I realized you're making a stupid joke. And I was just like, come on. <laughs> I've literally been waiting to do that for the last 10 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay, anyway, I think it'll take him a while to adapt to that system. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I, it will take him a while to adapt to that system, and I, I just I think that like while he will be a fantasy option, a viable fantasy option later on down the road, it's gonna take longer than people think. So just it's it's like a buyer beware situation of like just know what you're drafting and plan for an alternative. Find a you know bench receiver that could replace him should he be a little slower to the you know start of the season, but. I just again, I think a lot of people are going to draft him, expecting like, oh, this is a risky but good wide receiver too, and that's going to screw you in the long term. That's fair. That's fair advice. I guess just for me, it's just like I look at him landing in that system, and I think just it's automatically just going to be a fit for both the offensive scheme as well as just his play style playing opposite Justin Jefferson there. But just yeah, it very much could be a situation where he needs to adjust. And he just doesn't pick up things as quickly as you would like him to. And so yeah, maybe he'll be a second half monster. But yeah, maybe starting out the first half, he won't be as productive as you would like. And exactly like you said, where if you wasted a higher draft pick on him, taking him in one of those early mid round sort of thing. And then you're sort of like, where's the production? Where's the production? I think it's just like, yeah, you could end up in a situation where it's just like, you probably could have waited and maybe grabbed him. But I think a lot of people are going to be reaching for this guy or maybe not even reaching, but just taking him a lot earlier, just like you laid out. And so it's like, if you want him on your roster, if you're playing in redraft leagues, 
maybe you're kind of forced to have to reach for him if you want him for that second half production, especially once you get to the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, I, I mean, guess the the big takeaway from all of this is that Kevin O'Connell has quite the farm. <laughs> okay, that one I'll give you. That one is not so bad. That one is not so bad. The rest of them were terrible. <laughs> Oh, man, they're all terrible. This has been – oh, man. All right, anyway, so, all right, okay, who's your position battle? Oh, my God, I can't believe you're crying <laughs> over this. For all of you podcast listeners, Ted has tears coming out of his eyes. He thinks he's that hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I'm going to stick to the receiver position here, but I'm going to go to the NFC East, and I'm going to go with the New York Giants. And so, mm, listing okay. out their current uh, receivers that are in play to get some of those top roles, they got Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, who Tad you're familiar with, and we'll Paris get Campbell's him. a giant. He is officially a giant. I actually did not know correct. that. Wow. Okay. They drafted the rookie Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. My boy. Shepard, Wandale Robinson, yeah. Jameson Crowder is a member of the New York Giants now. Jameson and- Crowder's a giant. <laughs> is this all just news to you? I guess you're not this big. Is, no, it really is. This is not. This is not a bit. Like I. I honestly God did not know Jamison Crowder was a giant. He is a giant, and they'll close it out here with Colin Johnson, the former speedster out of the University of Texas. So if you look at that 2022 season, the leading receiver in Ooh. targets and receptions, Tad. Saquon Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I was gonna go Kyle Rudolph. Damn it. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't Kyle was Rudolph. Was he on the roster last year? He was he on was the roster, roster last, last year, but um the tight end that performed a little bit higher was Daniel Bellinger, the rookie out of us. Uh, oh, God, State. that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> but Saquon Barkley led this team in receptions as well as targets. The player that was, uh, led the team in receiving yards was actually Darius Slayton because he played the full season. So you look at this group from last year. Fortunately, injuries plagued this group. Like, you know, there's a reason that some other players ended up stepping up and playing for this uh, unit last year because they had to deal with injuries. So I already brought his name up, Sterling Shepard. He missed 14 games because he tore his ACL. There's also a possibility that he may miss the beginning of the season as he's recovering from ACL. There's a lot of people say that he should be okay by week one, but potentially he may miss a week or two to start the season. So there's that. Wandell Robinson, he had quad and hamstring injuries, so he missed 13 games last season. And then we've already talked about Kadarius Tony on this podcast before, but I'm going to bring it up again. He missed five games with, you know, quad injuries, hamstring injuries. Oh, he missed five games of the team, and then eventually he was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs because, like you, had, like you said, Tad, he had a total of, like, what, two t- t- like, 16 receptions, stuff like that. I think that you laid out there, but yeah, two career uh, touchdowns. That's well, no. So this was actually the interesting. If memory serves, so I don't have the specific stats, but if memory serves, he had two catches with the Giants and 14 catches with the Chiefs. Yeah, that's exactly. So two that's two catches, accurate. two catches. First yeah. round pick for two catches. Exactly. Not touchdowns. And- Not touchdowns. Catches. Yeah. And both of his touchdowns came to the Kansas City Chiefs. He did score a single yes, touchdown no, no, for yes. the New York Giants. <laughs> That's why I love when he's, like, giving the middle finger. Like, what the hell have you done? Like, shut up, dude. Yeah, I really don't know. So, like I talked about, this forced other players to sort of take those lead roles when they're honestly just not – have they don't have the skill set to be primary options in a starting caliber offense. So, you got Richie James who ended up stepping up, and he was one of their productive receivers. You got Isaiah Hodgins, who I brought up earlier, who ended up being a productive receiver for them. But – Richie James is now a member of the team that we just talked about, the Kansas City Chiefs. He signed with them, so he is gone. Isaiah Hodgins, like I said, he's he's got some potential there, but I don't like him as a primary option. Um, if you look at this group, I think Darius Slayton's probably the safest to get one of those starting jobs, but besides him, 
I think everything else is up for grabs. And I mean, Tad, this is where we're going to get into some of these options here. So let's start with former Indianapolis Colt Paris Campbell. So Paris Campbell, unfortunately, has just not lived up to the expectations. But don't it's coming into the it. NFL don't as a former second round. I'm still a believer. I'm still a believer in this guy. And it's fair to be a little bit more optimistic because he did have his most successful season last season where he had 623 receiving yards and three touchdowns for your Indianapolis Colts before now signing with the New York Giants. But, Ted, you have to add that to his career totals in four seasons with the Colts where he has 983 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. So, yes, I like the optimism that he did it most recently. He's got that potential. Exactly. So he did it most recently. So you like to hope that that's going to continue on. But over the course of that four seasons, those types of numbers, that's not too promising. Not something that you want to bank on. Right. So he's going to be an option there. I already talked about Isaiah Hodgins. Consistency with Paris Campbell is an issue. Um, You could say E-I-E-I. Oh, no. You really need to stop. This is just too much. It's just like I just I, that was that was not even good. Like it has nothing to do. With, like it's just trying to bake on your other jokes that you did before. This is no, no, just stop, just stop. <laughs> I'll mute myself. Uh, you got two minutes. Oh gosh. Um, I say John Hodgins very similar to Richie James in the fact that he just benefited from playing more in the system and getting more targets. So it's like, like I said, I like the potential there, but just as a primary option in this offense, it's just I think they could be looking at a better place there. Um, Jalen Hyatt, this is the most interesting one. So I think he has potential to get one of those starting jobs. But if you look at this offense, which we'll get to a little bit later, they're not as aggressive. So I wonder if that elite speed, he definitely needs to develop more of that route tree, which we've talked about when we did our draft live stream and a lot of draft coverage prior to doing that draft live stream. It's just that he's got the elite speed. He's got that nine route. But outside of that, it's like he really needs to develop more of that route tree, become more of a route technician, you know, develop his hands a little bit more. Then he could become more of a dangerous all around threat as opposed to just being a burner, a home run threat there. So yeah, I like Jalen Hyatt to get one of the starting options, but just, yeah, he still needs to develop a lot more. I think Jalen Hyatt's going to be a great outside deep threat for them as a starter, like sure. as in like a starter on the field, not a starter sure. in fantasy. Yeah. And he is what I refer to as fantasy quicksand is because he is going to have a game where he has, you know, one touchdown or two touchdowns that are really flashy. It's all over sports center. People are going to dive all over him with the waiver wires. I don't think anybody's going to be drafting Jalen Hyatt. And then the second that one sucker picks him up, Jalen Hyatt, like you said, he's going to do fine, like two catches for 40 yards a game and stuff. And that's why I call it the fantasy quicksand because you see, you know, the promise of the Oasis and you're running towards it. Next thing you know, you're sinking in the ground. And so people see like the promise of like, oh, there's this giant sleeper. So look, Jalen Hyatt was one of my, I think, man, I'm trying to remember my rankings. I believe he's my number three. No, he's my number four receiver going into this year's draft. Four seems likely. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost said three. That, that would be quite the hot take. Hmm. Um, but I, even as number four, that's higher than most people had him. So yeah. I am very high on Jalen Hyatt. I just, like I said with, you know, my segment is it just takes a while for these guys to adapt. And especially so like Jalen Hyatt has a lot to work on. He's a speedy little motherfucker, but he has no route running ability whatsoever. So I think he, again, will have a couple of really good games there, but you got to be careful not to overhype him if you are a fantasy manager. 
Yeah, 100%. But I do like him to crack that starting lineup, like you said, as sort of that speed threat and being one of those third or fourth options in this passing offense. Now let's get to Sterling Shepard. So I think, unfortunately, he's just been dealing with play. He's, mm-hmm. he's been plagued with injuries, unfortunately. He's only played in 10 total games in the last two seasons. But when he's healthy, Ted, he's a very productive receiver. So it's just like that's the thing that you're always going to be having to bank on with Sterling Shepard is that is he healthy? Can he sustain an entire season? And unfortunately, I don't think he can. So maybe to start the season, he'll get that starting job, but he's probably not going to hang on to it because he's probably going to be getting hurt within three to four games of the season and somebody's going to be stepping in to replace him. So yes, he may start out of the gate as the starter, but once again, he's probably going to get hurt. He's probably going to miss a handful of games. So you're better off going with another option there. So Let's talk about Waddell Robinson. So he was one of their highly drafted picks of the New York Giants most recently. A speed threat for sure, a little bit more of a shiftier receiver, sort of like an all-around weapon. But you drafted Jalen Hyatt. I think he has the more talent than Robinson has. Like, I mean, he did flash a little bit. Robinson, that is, last season, the few games that he played. But just once again, it's just like he dealt with some quad injuries and some hamstring injuries as well. So he just wasn't able to stay on the field consistently. It's like, now you got Jalen Hyatt, and he's going to take that speed element away from Wondell Robinson. It's like, do you really need him as much? Like, are you going to use him on some more jet sprints and, like, some screens possibly? But, like, as that home run threat, that's now Jalen Hyatt's job. So I don't like him to crack the starting lineup either. James real Crowder. Quick, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. promise last time I interrupt. But the, for our no. YouTube listeners, every time you've mentioned Wondell Robinson, I've had, like, some sort of, like, like you know, slap that forehead reaction. The reason for that is a friend of mine, Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Uh, hope they heal, heal soon. Um, he has been trying to convince me for the past six months that Wandale Robinson is a legitimate weapon. And like every time I'm like, dude, no. He's like, man, we tra- exactly like what you say. We drafted him high. Yes, he had. And to his credit, he does admit that last season he didn't live up to expectations. But like he has convinced himself that this is his breakout year. And exactly what you just laid out. I'm like, no, they are burying this guy under the depth chart. There is zero reason unless he is like the next Victor Cruz. And he could be. I have nothing against Robinson. He still has potential to do it, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it either. So that's why I'm having all these reactions. Every time you mention Wandale Robinson, I'm just having like, you know, 10 p.m. bar argument like ptsd here of like ronda wandale robinson will be good i'm like no man he he won't and like again i i think he's another great example of fantasy quicksand where he will have the occasional good week where people freak out and be like oh go pick him up and like god forbid like maybe one of us had to talk about it uh because there's someone else good to pick up that week but just in terms of consistency i he's not even worth a roster spot yeah no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Jameson Crowder, who Tad just learned, is this now. This is interesting. <laughs> this is a wild card. Um, maybe honestly, maybe he's a good veteran option. I think he has an inside track to sort of crack that starting lineup. But I also wonder if like they want to go with more of a youth movement, and that's why they have Jalen Hyatt. They like what they saw out of Isaiah Hodgins. Obviously, they have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slade, so he may be able to hang on to the roster. But it wouldn't surprise me as after training camp happens, after preseason happens, he may become a cap casualty as they sort of Whoa, not cap casualty, okay. but just a cut candidate as they try to get under the roster there. It wouldn't surprise me. But like I said, he does intrigue me the most because he brings the most veteran experience out of everybody else on that roster so that for that reason i could like him to make that roster and lastly colin johnson i mean just once again talk about another speed threat that came out of texas formerly of the jacksonville jaguars they waived him for a reason and the new york giants placed him on ir after picking him up but just once again we already talked about waddell robinson and how he's his role is going to be limited because of jalen hyatt well 
you have to definitely like double that or triple that with now uh, Colin Johnson because it's like so far he hasn't showed it and now he's got other guys ahead of him that have more talent than he does. So I very much think he is going to be a cut candidate once we get to training camp and after the preseason games there. So now, Tad, let's actually get into the fantasy aspect. I was just listing out the receivers all there. So like I said, most likely starters I see out of this group, I like Slayton, I like Shepard, I like Crowder. And I like Hyatt. So that's where I'm going for. That's where I'm sort of leading right okay. now. But I think the biggest thing that sort of worries me about this offense is regardless who ends up being the starting receivers in this uh, passing offense, Daniel Jones in this passing attack is very passive. Like it's not an aggressive passing attack because they had the eighth fewest pass attempts last year. They had the seventh fewest passing yards and they were tied for the six fewest passing touchdowns. Now, the one thing that was good for Daniel Jones was that he had the sixth highest completion percentage out of everybody in the league. And that sort of tells you that Brian Dable sort of sees the skill set that Daniel Jones has. He's like, I just want to take the, you know, we talked about this in the previous episodes. Like, I want to take those layup passes. That's like, I don't want this guy being aggressive. I don't want this guy to dissect the defense. I want to set this guy up so he can complete easy passes and move the ball down the field, sort of like an extension of the running game. So because of that, it's hard for me to trust these receivers on a sort of fantasy aspect. Um, also, you have to look at the fact, Tad, that although he's called Danny Dimes, last season I'd probably call can him we stop. Can we stop? Well, wait for this one. All of your terrible jokes, I think I deserve one dead, the terrible joke here. So even though a lot of people are calling him Danny Dimes, I think you have to look at last season as more as Danny Dime list because he was the fifth. He was out of all quarterbacks. He led, <laughs> He was fifth in the NFL among all quarterbacks with the most rushing yards. He had over 700. So, I mean, they weren't even like asking him to like sort of pass a lot either. Like I said, I just laid all that out. And he was running the ball more, sort of getting out of the pocket there. So I'm laying out all these receivers here, Tad, but there's one big thing that happened in the offseason for the New York Giants that I think some people may forget. They traded for Darren Waller. So it's like, why are you even concerned with these receivers? Like, I mean, you're probably going to go to Darren Waller a little bit more, especially when you have a more conservative offense where it's like you're trusting a bigger option in Darren Waller. He also has the speed threat. So I think he's going to be a more trusted receiver for Daniel Jones because we've talked about this so many times on the podcast where it's like if a quarterback is inexperienced or just doesn't have that skill talent that you want, tight end becomes his best friend. So it's like I could very much see Derek Waller being an effective fantasy option here compared to the receivers in this offense. So, like I said, they got a ton of options in this uh, offense here. You know, all the players that I listed out. Uh, But honestly, like I said, I just not as optimistic about the, you know, production levels that we're going to get out of these fantasy receivers. If you're asking me to pick a receiver out of this group that I probably trust the most, I'd probably lean on Darius Slayton. He is the youngest. He's been able to stay healthy. So I very much like the fact that he can sort of stay healthy and be a productive member of that offense. But I'm nowhere putting him in my starting roster. If I really want to get uh, crazy with it, I could put him at the flex option, but he's 100% a bench player for me. Like I said, Sterling Shepard is just hurt all the time, so I don't trust him. Jalen Hyatt, I need to see what this offense is going to do for me to trust him as well. And Jamison Crowder, like, I mean, as great as he was, he missed a lot of time last year with injuries. He's now getting into his age 30 seasons now. So it's like, is he going to be still a productive member of this offense that we want to see? I don't know. And then also, like, I mean, as great as Evan Ingram, uh, sorry, not Evan Ingram. (laughs) Darren Waller. I don't know why I said Evan Ingram. There it is. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you got a little bit of PTSD there. That's all right. A little bit, a little bit there. So, Evan Ingram, former New York Giant. Maybe that's exactly what I was thinking there. Well, that's when you look at Darren Waller, 
I think a lot of people are going to see like everything that I sort of laid out there where it's like he's probably the best receiving option in this passing offense. But I still am not going to reach for this guy. Like, I mean, he's definitely going to be that great option after the elite talent goes. So, like, you know, your Travis Kelsey, your George Kittle, your Mark Andrews. Like, after all those guys go, I think Darren Waller is a good option. But I'm definitely not reaching for this guy. Like, you know, I'm going to wait and see if other people are passing on him. And then I may take him in, like, a round six or possibly a round seven. Because, like I said, I just need to see if this offense is going to be a little bit more aggressive or is it going to be very much similar to what we saw last year, where it's like a little bit more passive, run heavy with Saquon Barkley, obviously running the ball with Daniel Jones as well, and then it'll sort of limit my expectations for Darren Waller as well. So I like Darren Waller in this offense. He's probably a tight end that I trust. Uh, uh, Darius Slayton I trust a little bit there. Outside of that, crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't really trust – anyone in this Giants offense right now uh Saquon Barkley I think is worthy of first round pick but um a late first round pick and one that you need to understand understand there is risk along with that so it's just it is an interesting position battle because it's like we always say the quarterback needs to throw to someone so whoever does wind up being the number one receiver does have some interesting fantasy value there and I mean look we both kind of discounted him here but um Maybe Daniel Jones steps up big time now that he's, he's got his money and he proves us all wrong. And in which case, whoever that number one receiver ends up being, his value skyrockets. So Stranger? it's definitely worth Stranger? keeping an eye on. But you you hit the nail on the head is like who gets the number one job? As of now, I have no freaking idea. So, Amir, before we wrap up this episode, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. You ready? All right. Let's hear it. Okay. Who wins the 49ers starting quarterback job? Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, or Sam Darnold? To start the season, I'd probably say Sam Darnold. Okay. Who wins the commander starting quarterback job? Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett? I'd say Sam Howell. Tyler Algier or B. John Robinson? B. John Robinson. <laughs> like, I mean, that's an easy one. Yeah. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask? Probably Baker Mayfield. I think they go with the veteran experience there. Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary? Damian Pierce, hands down. Khalil Herbert or Deontay Foreman? Oh, Khalil Herbert. And finally. Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew? <laughs> I think they have to go with Anthony Richardson. I mean, I this don't. is not just my personal we're, bias we're, either where I we're like him. We're fucked either way. I don't care. <laughs> I think you have best a high-level draft pick in him. I think it's just automatically I think he's going to be the starter. It's like At this point, I'm down for that. Let's just throw him in there see what we got. Yeah, exactly. Just see what you got in him and just let it ride sort of thing. But just like I said, that's not even a personal bias because I like it more than you do. But it's just like like I said, it's just you invest that draft capital in him. You automatically have to go with him, I think. Now, I will say this. One interesting position battle to keep an eye on that is breaking news as of uh, today of recording, which I will not re- uh, reveal. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is apparently stepping up as the Packers wide receiver number one. Apparently he's overtaking Christian Watson. That was a position battle that I was interested in potentially discussing because it's like, yeah, like you talked about, it's like they got a lot of young receivers. They're all young there. So it's like very interesting to see how that's all going to play out as far as who's going to separate as being the number one. So it's like, is it Christian Watson who flashed the most last season? Or is it going to be, like you said, Romeo Dobbs here, where he's sort of stepping up here. They also got Samari Ture. Uh, they just drafted uh, the two tight ends, obviously, and Tucker uh, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. So it's like, are they going to play a factor? 
factor too. So it's like, that was an interesting sort of situation that I was going to look into as well. Uh, but Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here as well. I'm oh, curious, shit. just what are your thoughts on Josh Downs? Do you think he'll get that starting slot job in Indianapolis? That's tough because that's where Alec Pierce really succeeded last year. So I wonder, I just, I'm not sure. And again, this is the tough thing about like transitioning to another system because Alec Pierce, yeah, he succeeded in that position last year, but that was an entirely different offensive system. Yeah. So right now, let, let's just cut to the chase here in terms of, I'm not going to talk about like potential production. Do I trust him fantasy wise? No, but he is again, like I, that is the opposite of fancy quicksand when he has a good week it depends on the week because we're not going to use him as deep threat he's not going to be a stretch of the field guy it's going to be either he's a slot receiver or we barely use him at all i could see it going either way but if he has a big week with like let's say 10 catches 80 yards and a touchdown my interest consider it peaked so i i think keep an eye on him on the waiver wires but i don't believe in him as a draftable candidate quite yet but again as the preseason gets closer, and we're just about a month away, as the preseason gets closer, his utilization in the preseason will be fascinating to watch. And the main reason that I asked that is because the Colts signed Isaiah McKenzie. So I'm wondering if that's he's going gonna to get, get No, he's going to get cut. No, he's going to get you cut. You think so? You think yeah. so? I think he's a train camp body. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So he's not, okay. I shouldn't say that he's a training camp body. They put in their receiver. And if he turns out to be a pretty good returner, they're like, oh, that worked out well. Yeah, exactly. watch watch one season of hard knocks. That's what like all these undrafted rookies end up being. It's like if you end up being a great special teams player, they're like, oh, shit. OK, well, all right. We got lucky there. No, that's true. That's true. So that's touching on two more interesting position battles that me and Tad decided to dive into there. We also got a little bit of a rapid fire from Tad here asking me a bunch of questions there. Uh, we discussed a few that we wanted to get into. We just didn't obviously have the time for. But, I mean, there's a ton of position battles that obviously we wanted to discuss. But, obviously, with time constraints, we didn't get it into everything. But, also, we still got a little bit of time before training camp even starts. So, as we get closer, we may decide to do this again. Maybe once training camp's even going, obviously, in preseason, we'll be discussing a few of these things as well. Because we obviously want to get you into the best position as you head into your fantasy drafts, you know, handing hand coming up in like, you know, month, month and a half or so. Like, I mean, like less I said, people month. are less than a month. Yeah, exactly. Because people start sending out invites and they start figuring out draft dates. And so it's like, it's It'll start percolating right now. That's like you need to start whoever, thinking about like – Whoever drafts before August 15th, you are a legitimate, insane person. Well, I'm not saying they're drafting before August 15th. I'm saying they're sending they're out invites to like restart no, the fair. league, that's right? Fair. That's well, like, you know, no, you get that email saying that. that's like, oh, commissioner has restarted the like rejoil, recreated ah, the league or whatever, I mean. right? So it's like that whole thing. It's like join up against sort of thing. So it's like that's more of what I went. Then you figure out the draft date and figure all that stuff. So it's just like regardless, just like the whole point is just that – you're going to start thinking about fantasy football again. And the biggest thing is that me and Tad have you covered with all of your decisions, whether it's like, you know, figuring out sleepers, navigating through the bus. I mean, your draft rankings. Obviously, we're going to get into more position battles probably. I mean, just like a lot of things there. And the best way you keep track of all the great fantasy content that we're dropping for you. You see it down below. You got the ticker right there. Follow us on social media. You got me on Twitter at UrbanSide23. At Tad at TadSide94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. Make sure you're subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You listen right on the LEFE Network website as well. Subscribe so you're always up to date with our podcast. 
watching us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so you're always up to date with our videos. And I think most importantly, make sure you're supporting our parent network, LAFB Network. They got a lot of great content for you. May not be as fantasy-driven, but definitely could give you some insights when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the NFL level. And if you're playing in Dynasty Leagues, you definitely need to keep a track of all those college players. So they got you covered with the uh, Bruins and the Trojans as well. So, I mean, they got you covered. Lots of great content with podcasts and episode uh, at uh, uh, sorry articles being written and just a ton of great content there for you guys for la football focus there but just guys to everybody who's interacting with us on social media to everybody who's listening to us who's watching the videos and just anything and everything in between guys we really can't thank you enough and like Amir said like we are getting into draft season so People always ask me, how do you do a podcast? And the thing I always say is you got to do something that sets you apart from everybody else. There are a thousand other fantasy football podcasts out there. What makes us different is we care about you guys. And I know that sounds like a salesman pitch. Like, we care about you. No, but we actually do. We care about you winning. Trust me. I had to go to goddamn Denny's for 24 straight hours because I lost in fantasy football. We have an interview from that. We have video proof. That's true. We do have that. I don't want any of my listeners, any of my viewers to suffer the same fate as me. So I care about you guys. So if you don't want us to discuss something on the episode, the most suffering you'll do is you'll have to listen to Tad's terrible jokes on the podcast. It's, well, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> old, old McConnell had a farm. Oh, gosh. I can't believe you still think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like you need to stop. You need to stop right now. We're at the end of the episode. Rolls at the finish line. Like, just stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway oh god anyway (laughs) bottom line is i don't want you suffering any fantasy punishment so if you don't want us discussing on the episode or if it's just like a small seemingly irrelevant question hit us up like amir said on those socials we will you know respond with personalized advice that is our specialty that's what sets us apart we will trust us we look at the replies we discuss it between each other before we send anything because we don't want to send bad advice so over the fourth of july weekend because spoiler alert this was recorded before the fourth of july um if you have any questions be sure to send them send them our way and post the fourth of july as well so you know what? As Amur and I are taking a little bit of a break to go enjoy our holiday, we hope you do the same. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, everyone, especially with all these fireworks, please stay safe. <laughs>